I, I haven't got time to mark this motherfucker. Here we go again. We can't hear anybody. Nobody can talk to anybody. You guessed it, Pressure Points, with your two favorite hosts, I'm D, and this is Locksmith AJ. We're coming at you with Season 6, Episode 9, The Hangman of Nuremberg. I already know what AJ has planned, but you don't, so strap in, get ready, and find us on Instagram, at Points O Pressure. Let's get to it, cutie pies. Well, turn the fucking thing off, you dumbass. I only gave you a teaser. I know. I'm. I was being facetious. I know. <laughs> so, how you been? How's everything? Uh, good. Yeah. 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 A little sleepy today. Yeah. A little tired. I guess uh, going to sleep at seven a.m. and playing five hours of D and D in one day is pretty rough. Yeah. Yeah. It's all good though. I'll be fine. Yeah. You'll you'll make it at least through this episode. You know it always. <clears throat> um. Yeah. It's been a pretty. Pretty productive week, I'd think. Yeah, you get up to any fun shenanigans? I don't know. Did I? I don't know. Did you? I don't think so. It was a pretty pretty bland week overall, but uh, it works we, out. We watched. Uh, oh yeah, the we, whaling. The whaling on Amazon Prime. It's a Korean horror film that surprised the fuck out of. All of us. Yeah, it was really good. Yeah, probably one of the best, if not the best, horror movie I've seen. Yeah, I can, I can. If I not, say one well, of the best. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely in my in my top bit. Oh, it's up there. It's it's, it's really good. good. Yeah, uh, check it out. It's it's a good one. Yeah, really um, well done. I'm trying to think what else happened this week. It's always hard. I know. Like at the end of the week. <laughs> yeah, to, to think about up. the last week. Yeah, it's all good. But yeah, it, it yeah, it's not been bad. How'd your clinical go? Didn't have one. I thought you did um this last week. Was that last? Oh wait, that was last week. Yeah, you talked a little. Bit oh yeah, about yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally forgot. No, it was it was better than I thought. Yeah, it would be considering just where I went and the type of patients they were. Better than I thought. Yeah. I also forgot that I have all of the homework for those due tonight. Hey, bada bing. Good good thing it's a short one, I guess, right? Yeah. Yeah, and it will be a short one. We we were both we got sleepy D, we got sleepy oh, AJ. Yeah. We're both kind of It's a tired episode. Yeah. So sorry if we don't have the the energy there for you today. But yeah. Maybe this topic and episode doesn't need a lot of energy. <laughs> just to just no worries. to say. We got it. Dude, got okay. Right. When when I was researching this episode, there are so many dumb people leaving comments and shit on websites. Yeah. Like I saw one that was like, hey, the Nuremberg trials were actually totally flawed and oh, God. and skewed, and it wasn't a fair trial at all. They were just trying to punish people. I'm like, I don't care. They were mass murderers. Like, <laughs> yeah. God. I, like, there was enough evidence to say these guys were involved with in high-ranking positions of the Reich, mm-hmm. that I don't even think there should have been a trial. There was only a trial really? for the newsreel. Oh, okay. There, there was plenty of evidence. Like, oh my god, yeah, just Jesus. like the things that these people were doing were well known. Like, <laughs> they were, you know, high-ranking members of the of the Nazis. Their positions were not unknown. Mm-hmm. So, it really, the a lot of what the Nuremberg trials ended up being. 
is just how they gathered the evidence. Because through gathering evidence of these war criminals, even though it was already very apparent that they were war criminals, they were able to uncover, like, the Einsatzgruppe in Eastern Europe and how many millions of people they killed. And they were able to get a much more accurate, like, uh, estimation of the death toll during the Holocaust because of this trial. So I'm not saying it was useless. Yeah. They would have been executed anyway, though. That's fair. Because it it was pretty obvious what they were doing. But it was the information that they needed to get out of these guys that was vital. That helped a lot. Okay. Yeah, and led to a lot more investigations, a lot more criminal trials and things like that. But yeah, there are a lot of idiots out there who are like Holocaust deniers still just blow my mind. Uh, I just do not, I cannot fathom how dumb you have to be to to be a Holocaust denier. Like, obviously anybody who's listened to the show (laughs) isn't a Holocaust denier because why would you keep listening? (laughs) Like, but it it still just blows my mind because you always come across it when you're researching World War II and you're researching the Holocaust. You will always stumble across... People in the comments saying, um, that's not right, and therefore we should cast doubt on the entire thing. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. Jesus. It's it, crazy. For me, it feels like you're even dumber than a flat earther. Yeah. <laughs> like Seriously. You have to be really fucking jaded and out of touch and just like in your own really weird echo chamber to think that the Holocaust didn't happen. Yeah. Like with with everything that's out there there's video footage so in of your it. face and you're still gonna turn it away i'm sorry like oh yeah i saw one once it was you're stupid a, as a rebuttal of the the video footage that showed like the corpses being bulldozed into the burial site after the the allies had shown up and people were like well that's those deaths are actually from a typhus ac- epidemic <sighs> Like, okay, so the typhus starved them to death? Yeah, <laughs> like, for real. They probably did have typhus, too. Yeah. But they were... Yeah, it, it's just ridiculous. But we're going to talk about the hangman of Nuremberg and his story. We're going to, you know, go back in time to June 5th, 1911. The good year. Yeah, solid year. John Clarence Woods is born in Kansas. Uh, his parents end up divorcing by the time he's two, and he lives with his grandparents for the most part. He was part. why they got a divorce. He was definitely when, yeah, yeah he was definitely why they got a divorce. <laughs> uh, he ended up, you know, school off and on. May, barely made it through one year of high school before dropping out, which you know during the time period, that was Great Depression. So the fact that he got there at all, all right, there's something. Yeah. But uh, December third, nineteen twenty nine, we're jumping ahead. He's eighteen years old. And he does what anybody in 1929 does. And when signs the second up, they turn 18, signs, signs up for the up Navy. Signs up for the fucking Navy. Yep. Uh, within three months, he was AWOL. <laughs> what? Yeah, he was AWOL within three months of signing up for the Navy. He ends up getting court-martialed. And somebody during the court-martial is like, that boy ain't right. Did they say why he went AWOL? He just, didn't want to work. Like, I'm out. He said he did not want to work. Yo, same. <laughs> yeah, I feel that. <laughs> feel that, bro. But they, the somebody at the court martial was like, ah, boy, ain't right. So let's send him for an, a psychiatric evaluation. Okay. April twenty third in nineteen thirty, he was he underwent a psychiatric. Uh, he was examined by a psychiatric board, which you know, 
psychiatric medicine during this time period is like peak. Oh yeah, <laughs> top top tier, top honestly. tier, awesome shit. They knew everything. They had the DSM. They were all set. They knew oh, yeah. everything about everything. mental health in the 1930s. We've really lost a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we happen to just lose it in history. Yeah. So I have a uh, quote this is, from this is the, the report. peak peak mental health awareness because this is back when they were still doing lobotomies. Hell yeah. So you, you know they knew what they were doing if oh, people's yeah. brains are at stake. Yeah, now we don't do lobotomies and they're <laughs> like, look at the world now. Yeah, yeah, and look how many started, people yeah. have, have depression. Yeah, <laughs> we need to more bring back lobotomies. <laughs> so the direct quote here is, this patient, though not intellectually inferior, gives a history of repeated running counter to authority both before and since enlistment. Uh, stigmata of degeneration are present, and the patient frequently bites his fingernails. He has a benign tumor of the soft palate for which he refuses operation. His commanding officer and division officer state that he shows ineptitude and oh inaptitude and does not respond to instruction. He is obviously poor service material. This man has had less than five months of service. His disability is considered to be an inherent defect for which the service is in no way responsible. He is not considered a menace to himself or others. That's good. So he he's said just... he's not really dumb. He just doesn't yeah. like taking orders from people, and he doesn't like working. And he bites his fingernails. And he bites creep. his fingernails, bastard. And he's got a little <laughs> tumor on his soft palate. <laughs> that was his, his brother that he absorbed in utero. Yeah. So he was given the official diagnosis of constitutional psychopathic inferiority without psychosis. When really it was just he didn't want to work. Yeah, that's pretty much it. It was like you're gonna <laughs> tell me what to do. Fuck, fuck you. Doesn't want to work. Yeah. Gross. <laughs> oh god, I think we have what he has. I think so. Uh, the without psychosis up for debate, but yeah, fair. At this, also on this medical record, he was five foot four. 130 pounds, brown hair, and blue eyes. That's so a he's, little guy. He's us. Yeah, but like... But 100 pounds yeah. too low. <laughs> yeah, he's tiny, dude. Yeah, he's, he's a little a dude. small boy. He's like Captain America before they filled him up with yeah, steroids. Before they filled him up with a serum. LSD, yeah. <laughs> God. And so, you know, he gets out of the discharge from the Navy, starts working some manual labor jobs back in Kansas. Back in Wichita, where he was born. 1933 comes around. So three years. He joins the Civilian Conservation Corps, which I don't know if you know about them, but they did like part of the New Deal, part of getting the getting America out of the Depression was set up the CCC, and then they'll go through and establish state parks. They'll make trails. They'll make... Um, they do a lot of conservation, like... Like Ecological the, shit, which was awesome. So like the Coast Guard, but for forests. Kind of. <laughs> in fact, the majority of trails that you can hike on, like established trails in the United States, were guys. set up by these guys. The trails were likely there before that, but they would go through and chop down trees to line the paths or find rocks and like grate the paths. And How they big did a lot was of that shit. organization? I feel like it had to have been massive. Oh, yeah. It was huge because it was basically an excuse to create a shitload of government jobs. Yeah so that people could feed their family. Uh-huh. And, it, I mean, it worked really well yeah. because it stimulated the economy. It caused a lot of debt, but it's, it, it, like, if the war hadn't started, this was the best bet for getting out of okay. the Great Depression. Damn, that would, that would be a hell of a job. Dude, I would kill for it. The, the Forest Service does a lot of that stuff now. 
Yeah. I actually ran into some when we were when I was out hiking years ago. It was a multi-day kind of camping hike, mm-hmm. and we came across just like three forest rangers who were out there, and they smelled like weed, and they were just like, "Yeah, we're just clearing trails where trees." Just fell down. Taking it easy, bro. Yeah, and they, they just had chainsaws and backpacks. Damn. And they were just hiking. Their whole thing was just hike through as many trails as you can. And if a tree fell down, cut it. That's cool. Awesome job. That's a solid setup. Oh, yeah. If I was fit, that would yeah. be an awesome job. <laughs> if I was fit and if I could stand to be in the sun for more than two and a half minutes. Yeah. He very <laughs> quickly went AWOL. <laughs> <laughs> no! Uh, no, He was dude. AWOL for six days, and then he was discharged. God damn it. He then married a nurse named Hazel Chilcott. Whoa. Yeah, which is crazy, because he had, like, zero prospects. She sounds like a poisonous flower. Yeah. <laughs> That's an Australian flower I would fuck. Uh, let's see. Hazel Chilcott? Yep, Hazel Chilcott. You know, he probably fucking went AWOL doing that forest ranger job because i bet they were just they didn't have weed that was the thing that was that was the problem yeah, yeah they, they didn't out. have some smoked to, it all he seems like uh he's he's defiant with authority but not in like the yo fuck that like fuck that he's like he's angry defiant he's like i won't fucking do that that's that's yeah. my that's my I take from that. this guy yeah so in 1940 he for some reason, enlist in the Selective Service for the draft. And September 19th, 1943, he reports for the Army. Oh, no. Gets sent to basic training. The Army has no idea about his oh, his career with the Navy and his discharge. Well, Apparently, got, they didn't share the files. He's got one more after this. God, can so. you imagine? He, has, he has a fourth chance after yeah. getting kicked out of the Army. I'm so. so glad we have the Internet. Like, Could you imagine... Back in before internet and instantaneous communication, you could just get away with anything because God, dude, you fuck up crazy. in one place, they're not going to tell the other place. We've There's talk- no communication. We've talked about it so many times too. Just yeah. How like astoundingly like when people talk about how it was a simpler time, it it was just an easier. It was easier to get away with shit. Oh I yeah. Feel like definitely. God damn. <laughs> just yeah. Kicked out of the navy. Kicked out of the forest service. I'm gonna, I know what I'll do. I'll join the Army. Perfect. So in 1944, early 1944, he's deployed onto a troop ship and assigned to Company B of the 37th Engineer Combat Battalion. He was a combat engineer. Oh, my God. The guy who barely made it through one year of high school and has dropped out of everything so far <laughs> is an engineer. <laughs> this is like putting me in an engineer position. Yeah, like, like we don't have any luck. education yeah. for that. Oh, and God, dude. He surprisingly did not go AWOL. <laughs> oh, okay. He was even involved in D Day. His company, oh, wow. Company B, uh, on the first day had four killed in action, 15 wounded, and three missing in action just on the first day. Oh. So he saw. And he wasn't any of them. He wasn't. <laughs> and he saw some combat. It wasn't okay. a ton. Um, obviously, it's hard to determine the records from that time period, but. He was involved, but it wasn't heavy. It wasn't heavy fighting. It wasn't like front fucking line kind of thing. Yeah, because he was an engineer. It was more important that he was on the front line, behind the front line, (laughs) setting up radio communications. Yeah. Shit like that. Let's see. So October 1944, so end of that first year, he was deployed to the 2913th Disciplinary Training Center. 
he kind of moved around a bit to a couple different different uh, deployed to a couple different areas. But later on, a month or two later, the army put out a little call and said, "Hey, we need volunteers for a hangman executioner." Uh, ex- has to have, you know, six months experience or whatever. No, I don't know how much. But they said, had to be experienced. We need somebody. Because before this, most of the hangings were done by a British dude. A civilian British dude. Oh, okay. But by this point, you know, this is after D- D-Day. They're pushing into France. So the U.S. military was like, ah, let's set up our own guy. And Woods volunteered. Oh, man. Said, reporting for duty. I have, he-, he went in and said, I have experience. Hanging people in Texas and Oklahoma. Because he did live in Texas and Oklahoma okay. when he was doing kind of those manual jobs. In his early life, he kind of shifted around a lot. Yeah, and worked with the KKK, so he did a bunch of... Yeah, a lot of... Those are burnings. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, uh, what was his... Ex- I don't understand what Like, as ex- an executioner for, like, a prison or something like yeah. that. You could just do that. Back in the day, in the early 1900s, <laughs> if you wanted to go God murder somebody, you could just go to the local prison and say, hey, I volunteer to be an executioner. And chances are... They would take you as long as there was another executioner who was experienced. In fact, during the researching of this, I found <laughs> the, the original fuck? military like table of weight compared to drop distance needed to snap the neck really? on the first try. Like they had it on, on. They did the math. Yeah. Jesus. The army, interestingly enough, did nothing to verify his claims of past history. Well, yeah, uh, I mean, they fucking took him in before, yeah. so... In fact, the last hanging in Texas was when he was 12 years old. Uh, the last hanging in Oklahoma was three months before he was born. <laughs> they both switched to electric chair since then. And how... Oh, my God. And they dude. just did not verify this. And he's this. just like, yeah, I have experience. And they're like, nah, don't look at his state history. <laughs> no, no, like, they, they, they said, you got experience? Awesome. You got experience <laughs> killing? All righty. Perfect. That's crazy. He was given a promotion immediately to Master Sergeant. He was a private. He was given then promoted to Master Sergeant and then transferred to Paris where he got his first job. Hang 34 U.S. soldiers for various reasons. What the fuck? You could, like, if you fucked up and you were pretty close to the front lines, you'd be just hanged. What? Yeah, if you, like, denied an order, if you were AWOL, like... I mean... God damn, They were dude. brutal because yeah. they, they took it. It was kind of left over from the First World War where if you refused an order, you just get shot right then. The oh, officer shit. would just shoot you. Yeah, if you refused to go up over the over the wall when they called it, the order for the officer was to shoot. That's why, in I don't know if you've seen many of the movies or artist portrayals, there's always the guy in the back pointing the pistol towards the front line. Uh-huh. Really, he's pointing it at the backs of his own troops. Jesus, just making sure. God, it's, it's damn. a threat. It's saying if you don't that. go up over the hill and die, I'll shoot you myself. Fucking. So hell. it was kind of left over from that. Yeah, I had no clue. I yeah, it was happened. fucking brutal. <laughs> I didn't know that they like. Yeah, how else would you get a bunch of dudes over that? Oh yeah, I thought they would just ship you back and toss you in prison or some shit. No, because th- people would do that just to avoid combat. That's fair. Yeah, I, I you know, I'd rather live in a prison. Back yeah, in America, yeah. then see combat. Yeah. So go to prison for like that's a that's four a good thing. Years, so what's right? scarier than that is just getting hanged. Oh, damn. Right there. That's fucked up. Yeah. So it's suspected. Speaking if of avoiding not, combat, if you're not gonna fucking kill anyone, I'm gonna kill you. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> it. Damn, dude. Uh, it, it was suspected that he actually volunteered for this role because he had seen combat on D Day and he didn't want to go back. 
totally understandable. Yeah, that's but fair. There was a guy, Colonel McLean, wrote later that while he did not get wounded on Omaha Beach, but he saw a bunch of guys get killed, I'm sure he thought, I don't want to go through that experience again. So he volunteers to get out of the combat engineers. He's accepted and promoted from private to master sergeant, and his pay goes from $50 a month to $138 Ooh, a month. That's a nice that's a little big, promotion. Big promotion right there. Also, 50 bucks a month to see combat in World War II? Holy shit. That's Inflation. Uh, yeah, fuck. All right. So he his first execution, you know, he kills, uh, he uh, executes a bunch of U.S. soldiers. That's that's his main role. I, I love that, like, they're like, to avoid seeing more death on the front lines of D-Day. Mind you, D-Day was, oh yeah, like, fucking terrible. But he's like, you know, the best way to avoid seeing all this death is to kill him myself yeah. <laughs> in a controlled environment. Yeah, exactly. God damn. His first execution in Germany was three Germans who lynched an American soldier on June 29th, 1945. Okay. So now he, he actually start is starting to lynch the Germans yeah, as they're com, con, uh, convicted of crimes Jeez. by the Americans. Then on November 10th, 1945, he hanged five Germans who were... Involved with the what's what was called the Russellsheim massacre. Hey, I mean, at least he found something that he loved. Yeah, <laughs> he found his passion. Have you heard of the Ru- the Russellsheim massacre? I haven't. So a, there was a USB twenty four Liberator bomber that was <laughs> named Wham Bam. Thank you, ma'am. <laughs> of course it was. It was shot down over Hanover. All nine crew members bailed out and parachuted down. One of them would caught flack in the stomach. Oh. And he got caught, you know, immediately. And yeah. the, the Germans were like, okay, send him to a hospital. And then they sent him to another hospital to get more surgery. He just started going through surgeries. Yeah. The other eight were, you know, eventually rounded up. Um, and they were captured by the Luftwaffe. Oh. At this point, they get put into a train. They're starting to be sent to a POW camp. They get to around Russelsheim when the night before, the Canadians bombed the absolute hell out of Russelsheim, and the tracks were destroyed. Yeah, we got to talk more about how just batshit crazy the Canadians Holy were in shit, World they War II. Holy shit, they went balls to the <laughs> walls. Fucking nuts. So, they, so the Luftwaffe were like, all right, we just got to march them through this town, kind of get them around, get on another train, send them to the POW camp. So they get through, and the locals start yelling about how kill them they bombed us they bombed our city one oh. of the one of the US troops actually said in german that wasn't us yeah that wasn't us i swear to god it was it was the guys in the north yeah did you see the maple leaf yeah. it wasn't us <laughs> they didn't give a shit so locals start throwing bricks one lady oh. threw a brick and it just started like the powder keg people oh. came out with hammers and sticks bricks metal rods god damn. start beating the shit out of these prisoners. Yeah. It's like they can't protect themselves. Well, the the Luftwaffe were like, yeah. Meh. They're basically doing what the Luftwaffe wanted to do. Yeah. They so just didn't have the, the thumbs up. They, they all get, you know, they're beat. They all get lined up on the pavement. And the air raid warden is the only guy who has a gun besides the Luftwaffe. And he's got a pistol and he starts executing them. Yeah. Bullet to the brain. Just bam, 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 bam. Gets to six, magazines empty, doesn't have any other bullets. 
meaning the other two people. It's the most Luftwaffe story. No, no. Ever. Well, they, he was an air raid warden. He was a civilian, which yeah. is even worse. God damn. And then, so they, the two that survived, who didn't get shot, kind of waited for people to disperse and then crawled down a ditch and, like, just tried to get out of town. They were, they were picked up by some local police in a town over on purpose and they were sent to the POW camp. I just imagine this guy's like, two bullets! I just need two fucking more yeah. bullets! Somebody go find some! It's like digging through the rubble. Anybody! Yeah, so very quickly after this, like, that is very obviously a war crime. Yeah. They're POWs. Yeah. Like, German Germany has signed multiple agreements about the care and process and transfer of POWs, which holds... All of Germany liable to everything that these civilians did to God these troops because they lynched them. Yeah. Like, these guys were surrendered. They were in custody. Like, they didn't have weapons. Hands literally cuffed behind literally their backs. Literally cuffed behind their backs. So They've been beaten and then yeah. they're killed. Pretty quickly afterwards, the Allies occupied this town. They found out about it. They found the bodies. And they started rounding people up. And they, they bomb put, them again. Yep, let's do it again. Now, they, they find a lot of the people who were involved. Like, there was one guy who stomped them so hard that it broke his boots. Holy shit. And so he, he was one of the people charged. I think he was hanged. The air raid marshal was hanged. There were some ladies who ended up being acquitted because they were like, oh, the ladies were just screaming. <laughs> they weren't, but... Well, but they were quick at the time. Yeah, exactly. Because the first person who threw the first brick <laughs> was a woman. But yeah, they, they ended up doing this. And then there's a... So the person who was kind of the prosecutor kind of for this was Lieutenant Colonel Leon J Jaworski. Jaworski. I, mean, I hope I spelled that right. Who, in a couple decades, he, he was actually the prosecutor for the Watergate scandal. Oh, I just thought that was a cool thing. That's crazy. He pushed for the hanging of the civilians involved because he basically said, these are men and women. These are adults. If they're called on to murder and they act, then they are liable for murder. Mm. Whereas their defense, the civilians' was def defense was, oh, all the propaganda said we should kill them. I was like, that's not uh, a good defense. Yeah, no, not... Jesus. Yeah. Uh, the propaganda told me to do it. If the propaganda told you to jump off a bridge, would you? Maybe. Doesn't matter. It's still your choice to jump off the bridge. Um, he also committed, or committed, he also hanged 14 Germans who committed atrocities in Dachau across two days. He did a lot of executions on Germans who lynched, like, American soldiers. Yeah. That was pretty common. Because at this point, people weren't going AWOL as much because... It's getting very much towards the end of the war. Yeah. So, after the Nuremberg Trials, which... God, I hope you know what the Nuremberg Trials are at this yeah. point. Just anybody listening. Yeah. There were high, 11 high-ranking Nazi officials condemned to death by hanging. Um, Hermann Goring was the first to be hanged. He managed to take a cyanide pill in his cell prior to the hanging and died like a little bitch. Little baby. Another guy kind of, I don't know if he escaped and then committed suicide. Either way, he ended up killing himself. I mean, I'm going to be honest. If I were in a prison cell and I had a cyanide capsule and it was like, hey, you're going to get fucking hung tomorrow, I'd be like, mm, I'll do this instead. Fuck it. Yeah. Knowing what I know about this, yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> so the people who were um, condemned were Field Marshal Wilhelm Keitel, Colonel General Alfred Jodl, former head of the SS Ernst Kaltenbrunner, former foreign minister Joachim von Ribbentrop, Alfred Rosenberg, Hans Frank, Wilhelm Frick, Julius Stryker, Fritz Saukel, and Arthur, Arthur Seiss Inquart. I said those Seiss perfectly. Seiss Inquart. So von Ribbentrop, the foreign minister, was <laughs> now the first person in line. What a fucking name. Really is. So at 11 a.m., he was hanged in a gymnasium, surrounded by the reporters, the witnesses, and the military people, and John Woods. He was the, a gym. the official, yeah, okay. gymnasium. Yeah, pause. We're going to go, like, does it say where? Nope. <laughs> it's just an elementary school yeah. gymnasium. <laughs> in Nuremberg. They, it's just whatever the local <laughs> elementary is. It's like a little preschool playing basketball. gymnasium, yeah, in the back. Yeah. There's a Mormon church. Yeah, exactly. We have our weddings, our hangings, and our church ball in the same building. Efficiency. <laughs> so he... Uh, you know, at this point, he was an experienced executioner. Yeah. And they'd done the math. But interestingly enough, many, most of the Nazis died by hanging, by died by suffocation, not a broken neck. Huh. Despite the, like, diagram they had. Yeah. Von Ribbentrop himself took 14 minutes to suffocate oh. hanging by the neck. Uh, the guy who took the longest to die, that Keitel, Field Marshal Wilhelm Keitel, took 24 minutes to die from hanging. God damn. In fact, uh, it was also reported that many of them on the way down smashed their head on, like, the platform, which the noose is tied very specifically yeah. in that it drops straight down. So that doesn't happen. Yeah. So it also seems like maybe the nooses weren't tied correctly. <laughs> what the fuck is he doing? It took 103 minutes total to hang all 10 victims. Homeboy was intentionally making. So if last, you're if you're it? doing the math, let's just say we go average. It's about ten minutes of hanging before for Jesus. each person. Like obviously that's cute. Some people did die instantly. Mister Executioner, um, it's just relishing in these hangings. Yeah, I found one report of a from a reporter who was there who said that basically how it worked was there there was the platform, and then they would fall through, but then under the platform it was a black cloth, so you couldn't actually see them. Oh uh, yeah. And there was one he said where the guy fell, but it was kind of like the rope wasn't as taut as the other hangings. And John Woods just went under there and pulled on the guy's legs <laughs> and then left him. And then he took another 10 minutes to suffocate. I mean, I, I, passion in your place of work, I guess. <laughs> Fucking hell, dude. Yeah, I got a quote from John Woods about this. Event. Oh no! I hanged those ten Nazis. Imagine this in a Kansas yeah. accent. I hanged those. I hanged those them ten Nazis, and I'm proud of it. I wasn't nervous. A fellow can't afford to have nerves in this business. I want to put in a good word for those GIs who helped me. They all did swell. I'm trying to get them a promotion. God. The way I look at this hanging job, somebody has to do it. I got into it kind of by accident years ago in the states. That wasn't by accident. So he's accident, still just lying. Bro. That wasn't by accident at he all. He didn't hang anybody in the States. And he he was very proud of it. It very suspected that he purposely botched them. I mean, 
Oh, I I thought you were going to say like proud that he did them, which he I mean, probably that too. was. He was. But, like this is like a world scale hanging. Like it's not like what what's it, James Woods? Yeah. Like it's not like wait, was it? <laughs> John Woods. John God. Woods. There we go. Uh, I'm tired as fuck. But like John was probably fairly used to like he he's not getting recognized for like anything because he's usually quitting before he would get recognition. Well, I and I, so uh, now yeah. it's like a worldwide scale. Like this isn't just something that's like, hey, uh, the U.S. By the way, we we hung these guys. It's done. This was on a very grand scale of things. Oh yeah, and. I, I found, like, on the Wikipedia page for him, it said some of the early U.S. soldier uh, executions were botched, but there was literally no citation. So I don't know if that's entirely true, huh. but I would also believe that maybe the first one or two were. <laughs> I mean, and I could see him intentionally botching the fuck out of these. Yeah, he's kind of fucked up. Yeah. So he, man. he, I'm, I'm going to say he botched these on purpose and got away with it, a law professor named Donald E. Wilkes Jr. Later on, he was actually born, I think, a couple of months before these hangings. Oh, okay. less than a year before. So later on, he wrote that it was a grim, pitiless scene. Actually, a lot of the details came from his investigation. Uh-huh. Um, but for those who had sat through the horrors and tortures of the trial, who had learned of men dangled from butcher hooks, of women mutilated and children jammed into gas chambers, of mankind subjected to degradation. Uh, degradation, destruction, and terror. The scene conjured a vision of stark, almost biblical justice. I mean, to be fair, these aren't these aren't just like, oh, hey, eleven random Nazis. No, these like, are these are the top. guys that ordered. Yeah, these guys made what the decision. Going on, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, karma uh, caught up to I him can't in the say end. Say I don't blame you, John. <laughs> yeah, God, dude. There's a lot of. Uh, you know, myths about this guy yeah, brought forth by, you know, meme culture. <laughs> so you might stumble across a picture of him and it might say, oh, he ended up getting killed by while repairing an electric chair. That didn't happen. He also said he was responsible for like 300 killings, max 100. He said a lot of them are like, oh, he was he had a 15 year execution career. He had a two-year execution career, <laughs> but still a hundred people in two yeah, years. Just that's the timing, not bad. The timing for for his quote-unquote promotion was impeccable. I yeah. guess you could say. And about half of those are like convicted war criminals. Yeah. So it's just like dude's got a solid rap sheet for a very short, yeah, short. Period. Also, still, I want to point out again. It is insane that you could be a combat engineer with no schooling. Like, yeah. after, do you know how, like nowadays, out of the when I think Navy. of an engineer, I'm like, okay, those guys have like master's degrees. Those guys are geniuses yeah. with math and <laughs> physics. Yeah, nowadays it's like, those are the guys that they intentionally don't put on the front lines because, because they're of so how valuable. Smart they are. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. And this dude's like, I failed out of the Navy and the Forest Service. So like, I think you've the got yourself a service. career in yeah, the army in hanging. <laughs> so he did end up sticking with the military, uh, with the Seventh Engineer Brigade. He was working in the Marshall Islands up into about 1950, where in July 21st, 1951, 
John Woods died via electrocution while repairing an engineer lighting set. He just didn't turn off the power. <laughs> Fucking stuck some pliers in there and got shocked to death. He was an idiot. Yeah, it wasn't like, even it wasn't even anything fancy. He just Fucking didn't he didn't hit the off button. Yeah, he got he got into his position Oh no because the army was like, I don't care, we just need somebody to to hang these guys <laughs> and it's gonna gotta be somebody who's not gonna like go crazy and kill everybody. Dude, you know, it's gotta be somebody who's know, not gonna snap. He probably didn't even know that electricity could kill you because all he yeah. done is hangings. So he's like, Oh yeah, I've been shocked by batteries before. Yeah, this is fine. Fucking idiot. What is this, a nine volt? Oh god. But yeah, John Woods, like, an American damn. hero. American hero, and he never had any kids. Oh, God. Surprise, surprise. Thank goodness he did not have kids. He wouldn't have applied himself. Yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, God. All right, well, yeah. This is a good, yeah, good little short, short episode. Sometimes you it. find, you know, just people who had a good... I'd say he had a decent-sized impact. Yeah. And... It's even funnier when they get there by lying. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. It's it's like a uh, I I just said a lie and now I'm here. Yeah, he's like, uh, oh well. Yeah. All right, I'll just stick with it. This is my life now. I'm making three times as much as I was before. Yeah. Fuck. So Not bad. Yeah. Good shit. It's a fun. I like the fun little. Yeah, just like one person figure it out. Yeah, chill especially when they have a weird soft tumor in their mouth. Not bad. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, well, if you guys would like an additional episode per month um, and you'd like additional content from the both past. of us, yeah, uh, check us out on Patreon. Uh, we have Sloppy Seconds on there. We've got uh, AJ's Project Voices. Um, and like I said, one extra episode per month. Got some pretty cheap little tiers in there, but... If you can't afford it, that is okay. We just appreciate you being here and listening. Uh, AJ, you got that list? Patreon.com forward slash points of pressure. Of course, we got the board. They make all the decisions. Thankless job, honestly. Uh, Mini D, Nordic Thunder, Toddle Waddle, and Weston. Thank you guys so much for uh, being able to put forth a little little extra and really helping us out. Yeah. And now that there are four of you, uh, each of your votes only counts as a quarter of a person. Yeah. So, sorry, still don't outnumber us. Yeah. I, somehow. <laughs> your then, share, your your shares are going down in value. <laughs> that's weird how that works. It's like a bad investment. Um, and then of course we've got Abby, AJ's third nut, Thomas, Dark Runner, D's nuts, and Lara Revo. Uh, thank you guys so much. Like we we really do appreciate it. You let us keep doing this and yeah. keep growing. And you know, you guys, I mean, you guys are responsible for these beautiful microphones, yeah, sexy microphones, the stands that the hold stands, them, the the wood that we use to make the desk. I don't think we had done Patreon at that no, point. No, but you know, retro. I've been stealing <laughs> from retroactively. I've been I've been embezzling <laughs> money from it. I mean, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, do your thing. <laughs> oh, but yeah, we really do appreciate you guys. Um, fantastic seeing that we're actually getting support on there so mm-hmm. thank you so much and as always you guys know the fucking drill uh if you ever have any tv show i not ideas suggestions if you ever want to pitch a pilot by all means reach out to us uh but yeah you have any suggestions for tv shows movies books music uh 
fucking whatever. If you just need somebody to talk to, then by all means, reach out to us at points o pressure on Instagram. And always feel free to email us, PPDNAJ, and we'll catch you guys next Monday.